Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to a bonus edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Hello everyone, uh, what we're doing uh, here on the podcast is that we are giving you another chance to hear um, some of the uh, episodes that we did with Insane and the Fembrain, and this week we are uh, republishing uh, Esther Manito's episode, Esther Manito is a good friend of mine, a fantastic comic, fantastic human being, and we want to give you another chance to have a listen to it, so we thought why not put it out on Insane in the Membrane. So, here we are, coming up in a minute is Esther Manito. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A podcast from producer Paul UK. All right, mate, Starbucks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't you? 
Oh, is, it a, is it a refillable one? This is a refillable one. Oh, you're so good. To I tried to get. Oh, I'm not. I tried to get a, to- a takeaway coffee in Waitrose yesterday, and they were like, "Have you got your own mug?" And I was like, "No." And they're like, "Well, then you can't have a coffee." Wow. That's how. That's how we roll in Waitrose. Oh wow! Just pour it into my hands. At the instant rage I felt. <laughs> <laughs> It's that it's that kind Fuck of off. yeah. It's the I don't know if it's a a working class thing, but you kind of go. It, it, I feel judged, you know. I'm like I didn't know. Maybe that it was, is that. You know, I didn't know you had that. That's, Maybe yeah. it's my imposter syndrome. Yes, and we, I'm good enough to be here. You yeah. Fucking white trose, <laughs> bitch. I've worked really hard to be able to come in here. Now you're fucking about with mugs. I don't know. The rage. No, I, don't, I, felt, yeah. I, felt, I felt it was judgy like I'm just this animal that doesn't care about the planet. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm using paper straws like everybody else. Why am oh, I? Oh, don't get me started on paper straws. What is the point? <laughs> what is the point? Just don't have a straw. <laughs> just don't, don't have a straw. Zip in for just a second. You sound quite off mic at the moment, Esther, and I can see that you've got a really good mic there. Is, are you talking into the right side of it and everything? Yeah. Man, oh, that's me. Yeah. That's oh, is that better? better? Okay. Yeah, that's it. Great. Thank you very much. Sorry. Back to the straws. Thanks, man. <laughs> oh dear. Here's man explaining about microphones. <laughs> When's International <laughs> man, Women's Day? Explaining it. I know. I'm very excited about International Women's Day because it means I get to see other female comedians. Oh, really? Is it still a problem? Yeah, I only ever see women on International Women's Day. Really? Or when it's like a special event, yeah. If it's like ah. Mother's Day gigs, International Women's Day. Oh. I don't know. Is that still, oh, I thought things were changing. Because I had, I mean, I don't know, maybe because I'm a bit of a legend. Because I had loads yeah. of women of mine. <laughs> Well, I, I did know. yesterday. I had um, Hattie Ashdown opened and Sarah Callahan closed. The one All right, in, we get it. You know what I mean? We get so, it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just is better than the one everyone. That, is this the one in the reception? It's not in a reception. It's, <laughs> it's in the car park. <laughs> you <laughs> told me it was in a theatre and when I turned up, we had to perform in the reception. It was in a theatre. It wasn't. What was funny is that when you went back, because you were there three days later, and you went, "This place is different with three hundred people in it." <laughs> it's amazing what happens when, you can, when, you, when you're allowed in the main room and they fill it up. <laughs> we were performing to twelve people who didn't even know why they were there. <laughs> yeah, they were there for some staff meeting. <laughs> yeah, we just stood up. We just stood up in the staff room. I just started. I just started talking. Hey, I won't have you messing with my gig. That's a lovely gig. That. We did it, it last nice night. It was gig. lovely. It was lovely. Did you have um, that woman in who gave you notes to read out? No, no, ah. I didn't. No, I didn't. She's well, apparently she's been back before. I didn't have her mm. last night. What I did have though, we had a lovely guy called Alan. Alan, who's uh, who's is blind, and Alan was chipping in, and right. I said at the end, well, I said thanks for coming. Alan's had a blinder, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, so everyone we, laughed. Well, you should be cancelled then. Really? Should we, should we crack on with that? What, cancelling me? Yeah, let's get you cancelled. You mean I won't be allowed on Twitter anymore? Oh, no. Oh, no. How oh, are you, boy. anyway? How are you, anyway? Are you all right? What, mentally? Well, no, I know that's a ridiculous question. <laughs> Having known you for a while. Hey, you would have loved the gig I did the other day. It was full of empty chairs. It really, really, made me, really took me back to us. <laughs> oh, I know that was uh, that was a lot of fun preparing for Edinburgh with you. 
wasn't it? Have to, well, yeah, we just didn't have any opportunity to practice our show because every time we turned up to perform somewhere, they were like, no one's bought any tickets. So we'd just have a pint. Yeah, just catch up. Wait for the, wait for the festival to kick in. <laughs> but Esther, this- Esther's done 400 previews. So I'm like, yeah, to no one. So they were of zero <laughs> to f- use. <laughs> to furniture. This is what people don't understand about what we do. Like they see us on stage and they see us all, you know, confident and smashing out our material. But they don't realise that in order to get to that point, we have to sit in empty rooms and and sit there heartbroken because we've put a show on and no one's come. And then we see online, everyone's like, oh, I did this preview, there's five million people there. They carried me out on their shoulders and there's me and you putting I, chairs back. <laughs> I had to do a preview after um, Tim Key mm. and he had oversold the venue for his preview so there was like they had to cram in chairs for his preview and then i had to come down and do my preview and the girl that was running the venue was like um just give us like 20 minutes because we just have to put a lot of chairs away (laughs) 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 and then you i could see the chairs going down and i was like Oh, when's it going to stop? When's it going to stop? <laughs> it, I felt like I felt like I was watching my my the money in my account go down. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah. like, oh, is she going to start forty? No. Oh, it's still going. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, God, this is a lot of work. I've uh, never had to reduce the size of an audience so dramatically with such little turnaround. <laughs> thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks for that. Can you? But stop? I had yeah. I had about twenty. I had about twenty four, which is a massive leap from when we yeah. were doing previews for our debuts. And it yeah. was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know why they were there. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, wrong room. I thought this was the toilets. <laughs> I, Too polite to leave. Yeah, and just sat there watching us sit there moaning. But, it, <laughs> but that's it. It, 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 might, it does muck with your head. And I that. had that big projector. Oh, you had Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it slides. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's so depressing about when you have props or anything for your show you schlep it out somewhere and then you have to schlep it home again (laughs) to your children's Uh, little faces going was it a good show mum and you're like oh god what have i done yeah this this (laughs) this projector didn't get warmed up still cold (laughs) (laughs) i remember doing i remember doing i've said this before i think but i I remember doing edinburgh when i did it was the last show, and uh, and I had this big. So at the end of it was a big light show, and it was kind of like this heavenly light, and I was getting taken up. I think you saw it, but the first couple of days there's no one in your show because it's the festival's just starting. So there's two people from Lincoln. Hello, Lucy, <laughs> and they're, they're, they're just bathed in this light. <laughs> ah. It was your tech guy who said it was just the most depressing image he's ever seen. Yeah, 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 just from the back. <laughs> Just two yeah, people it lit. Just, it was just two people lit. Not sure why they're <laughs> what they've just sat through, and you going, just live your life, guys. Yeah, live you gotta just <laughs> expecting to be carried out. <laughs> you just gotta just be yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> just live your truth. That's it. Oh god, it was so bleak. Uh, so that's bleak. when everyone was. That's when you put out the legendary. Oh yeah. Uh, there's two there's two Facebook posts which will always go down in history. One I won't mention mm. um and the other one is yours of you oh, going yeah. K 
can everyone just fucking chill out? Because everyone was like, I've got no audience. Why am I doing this? And you're like, I've just literally poured my heart out to people. And you always know when you you have a show, but they're always quite sweet when only about six people show up. And then you see them in the street and you're like, you're right, Dave. Oh, yeah. And whoever you're walking with is like, how do you know that person? They're in my audience. I know every single person that was in my audience because there's only six of us and we all got to know each other very well. We went for a pint afterwards. <laughs> all right, Dave, how's your mum? All right. Oh, yeah. good, good. How's the kids? All right, Joe. Yeah, How's yeah. the anal fissures? Still playing up? <laughs> oh, no. I, had it. Well, I remember being in Edinburgh 2014 and there was like four people there, four blokes, and I still did the show. And then halfway through, the bloke went... We should have just had a pint, mate. And I just, I just <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing yeah. worse. But that, I once, know. I once got a kind of, I got reviewed by um, a, a child, essentially, mm. it was a very, very young man, and uh, he was like, "Oh, oh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something catty." So in the review. Bearing in mind, there was, oh, kid you not, five people in the audience, of which him and his mate were two. So oh, three audience members all spread out. And he, I didn't know I had a reviewer in, so I kept laying into him because I was like, firstly, you're 12, and secondly, why are you dressed like a nautical <laughs> sailor or something? But he then went and wrote in his review, who's like, well, and her show's supposed to be 60 minutes. Sadly, she only did 50. And I'm like, yes, because I know what everyone wanted. And all of us, including you, son, wanted it to end. (laughs) And that extra 10 minutes was all the laughter that didn't happen. (laughs) I know. I was like, no one wanted this to carry on. (laughs) Imagine. You've just gone, just another 10, guys. <laughs> like the last leg of a marathon. Oh God! We're yeah, you're there. We're, we're, we're nearly at that water pit. We'll nearly, we'll nearly all be getting our bananas for getting through this. My God! Yeah, imagine that. They just put a silver, silver cloak around you. I know. <laughs> I once had a very elderly performer who was doing a show upstairs, who came into my show just to find somewhere to sleep. <laughs> She was, was playing Miss Mar- <laughs> she was playing Miss Marple upstairs. She I'll just, just <laughs> came down. It was like I needed a kip. <laughs> and your room's always quiet. <laughs> I'm gonna just curl up at the back. Uh, I was like, fuck me. See, and this is why everyone <laughs> goes, paid for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just started charging her the rent. Um this is what people don't realise. Like I said, they you know, it, we are privileged to do what we do. We I don't take that I don't take it for granted, but at the same time there is a lot of work that goes into it and there is a lot of disappointment and a lot of... It's just a lot of... Very humbling moments. Yeah. It's like last night. I don't know, though. Do you not? not? Rich, do you ever ever walk away going, I'm... I mean, I know there are people in our industry that walk away going, I'm really fucking amazing. I'm amazing. (laughs) But I leave most things, even if I've had a blinder and you know me, I'll walk away going, I should be melted down and made into glue but i do i do really honestly what is our job i like being on the stage when i'm actually on the stage i like it but i never walk away thinking i'm anything special i i i if i've had a good gig i'll go i really enjoyed that yeah i don't i don't walk away going i'm a legend like i'm absolutely they're going to be building a statue in the the park of of me after that one (laughs) 
they'll be build a statue of me. She created the most quietest atmospheres <laughs> for all people who needed rest <laughs> in Edinburgh. All of her, all of her, <laughs> everyone who came to the show was well rested. Everyone who came to the show got a good 50 minutes of rest and she didn't keep people longer than necessary. <laughs> Is what punctual. I'd like to be written on my on my gravestone. <laughs> I do. Do you, you having known you for a bit? Do you find it? How this is because I'm quite shy, and I've said this before. Uh, fundamentally, I'm a shy person, so I don't know how I've managed to become a stand-up comedian. I am. I am. I know I don't look it, but inside, inside, you know. Can't, I can't do small talk. Yeah. Really? I hate meeting new people. Yeah, I panic. I don't yeah, want to I used meet new to be people. Like that, yeah. And I hate people. I like, like, you know, um, people would think that you really want to talk about your job. Well, when anyone starts talking to me about my job, I straight away change the subject. I would really? rather talk about anything. Yeah, I get. I I'm oh. so embarrassed. So like, when an, I did live at the Apollo, and obviously like it was lovely because mm. loads of parents at the school on the school drop off would be like, "Oh, I saw it," and you know, wanted to say really supportive things. And I'd just go, "Oh, thank you." Anyway, how's your <laughs> job? How's your yeah. life? Like, I don't want to dwell on it. I get really embarrassed. I'm the same, actually. Yeah, when people ask me. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You know, they are, who have you met? And you kind of tell people. But yeah, I don't dwell on it long. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. I'm I more like, boast. yeah, I know. I, I like can't, yeah, I feel like such a knob. Oh my God, we're such amazing people. <laughs> <laughs> we're both hairy. We're both. <laughs> <laughs> I can't boast though. And I'm really amazed because when, when you're with um, a comic who's really quite good at boasting, I'm always like, but how do you not feel this because we're all feeling this mm. how do you not feel it but they don't no there's some people that you just they're just they're good at selling themselves yeah and there's some people that are just bulletproof they don't give it any thought they don't think about anything they're just like no i'm great and you're like but do you not wake up in the morning with all the voices and all the or go to bed <laughs> at night with all the voices going do you remember that thing in 1994 that you said that no one else remembers <laughs> yeah but i have to I have to go to, yeah, my husband has to like slam two dustbin lids together throughout the night just so I can drown the noise in the voices out. <laughs> just, like, just all the night, like a one-man band just so you can get Yeah, like they're monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> just so I can drown out the voices going, you're a massive turd. Do you know what, though? There is an element of, there must be something in you like me, like a lot of comics, that we still have that, yeah, we are quite shy, but there is something in us that pushes us on to do what we do. Yeah, I want to be loved by somebody. Do you know that's what it is? <laughs> Affirmation from <laughs> yeah. strangers. I just want someone to go, you're all right. Mm. Like, oh, thank God. <laughs> that's totally what it is. That was what humour was for me. Right. I got massively bullied during school. I was a complete outcast. If I didn't have humour, I was literally like, what else was there? I was hairy. No one fancied me. I wasn't really? bright. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't academically bright, so I had nothing really going for me. So it's no. like, look, I either make people laugh or I am fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you did. So that's what you did. The classic, relying on the humour, make them, make them laugh, yeah. so they love you. When I left school, I got the clown of the school award. <laughs> everyone got, everyone got awards, and it was like, you know, I don't know if. I don't know if they did them in 1704 when you were at school, but... Um, <laughs> There's only four of us at school. The rest of them had the plague. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know when you used to have to 
ride your penny farthing in. <laughs> yeah, we had to do slate and wax to write. Slate on. and wax? What a there, you, there was a diff- combination. Well, there was one time it was slate, wasn't it? They were chipping away at slate or scratching on slate. And then there was, I seem to remember they used to use wax as well, weirdly. You well, I didn't. That's yeah. not in my time. So that's what I learned at school. <laughs> at your school, you're all chipping in to help write the Rosetta Stone. Just like <laughs> Wilson. Yeah. You're up next, Wilson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, but I can't remember what I was saying. I can't remember. Do you, well, that's it. I mean, at school... I, oh, no, I, did you have... Yeah. We had those awards where it was no. like best looking. Did you not have those? They no. still have them now. So it's like best looking, most oh likely... God. Yeah. That sounds I know, brutal. Have, it is brutal, but I was quite pleased that the award I got. So we had like most likely to end up in jail, <laughs> most likely um, Mr. Essex, Mrs. Essex. We had all these. And uh, my one was clown of the school. Oh, I didn't have any of that. We didn't have, I used to dread sports day. I just yeah, knew oh. I'd be shit at that. I hated sports day so much. Um, but we didn't have we didn't have awards for things that are not that I'm aware of. I don't think so. After <laughs> Which is like, hang on. Yeah. Oh good. We're getting awards. Where was where was my award? More award ceremonies I've not been invited to. Um I um, <laughs> that sounded really vicious. I've, I've never been given an award for any Oh no, I did. I got Leicester Comedy for award, but I've never yeah. been given any other awards. I I got I was a prefect up until the third year in my secondary school, <clears throat> and then I just kind of didn't. So up until then, I was a good lad, yeah. and then it all went to shit, unfortunately. But we didn't have anything well, they, like that. We didn't. I my school, they were just happy that you were there, and they didn't care if you weren't. You just kind of, I just stopped going in the end. Right. So Fair no enough. one no one cared. There was no like come back. We got the awards to give out. <laughs> No, we had yeah, we had we had awards, but I think it was a relatively new thing. Yeah. And then when I became a teacher, the school also had awards. So I think it's quite a new thing. Yeah. I think it's quite an American thing, isn't it? Sounds like it. You get an award. Like for we just didn't used up. to have proms, and now they no. have proms. Yeah, we just had disco, school disco, but now it's all yeah. proms. Oh, uh, it's people turn up in limos and all that shit. Yeah, we never had that. Oh, uh, what we ne- no school disco we had we had school yeah. disco. Um, you get a weird snog of someone, and then you. Oh go... God! I had the weirdest snog of my life at my school disco. Neither of us wanted it. Oh really? No. He didn't fancy me. I didn't fancy him. No. But there was no other options. I think I got a sympathy snog. Yeah. I Thinking think this back, was. it was a girl called Lisa King. She was. I'd never even heard of her before. I'd never seen of her. But then it turned out she was in the girls' school. She was quite. She was like one of the top girls. Top girls. And I'm thinking back now. I'm like, do you know what? I One think of the top was... girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like there was her, there was her sister Sharon, her cousin Sharon. There was a load of them, and I think they must have been. Uh, they were probably doing that thing where they go right, snog the snog the weirdest bloke or the weirdest kid. Or, oh, like a cause I just, Yeah, because now because I was sort of sat on my own towards oh. the end, and then she just came up and just started snogging me. Oh, yeah. And I'm well, like, maybe oh. she's out there somewhere. Lisa no. King, get in touch. Tell <laughs> us, tell us what you look like now. She ended up marrying one of the top boys from the school. I can't remember top his name, boy. Danny. He, Danny was a was like eight feet tall even then in like the fifth form. He was massive, big rugby player. Oh really? Yeah. I huge. always I always find it weird when I go back to my hometown and people that have married people from school. 
Because yeah. I feel like it must be because you change so much. Yeah. It must be weird to grow up with someone. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's a few people that I know and they haven't lasted. They've been together ever since school till, oh yeah, about 20 odd years. And now that, you know, some of I them are just... I think when you hit middle age, you really yeah. change. You must, yeah. I don't know how you, I don't know how you do that. I mean, is it love or is it just because you're just comfortable? I don't know. Get in touch know. if you're listening to this because I'd love to hear. <laughs> if you got together at school and you're still together, why? Yeah, yeah what happens? Is it... What? Explain yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> where did you meet? Because you, where did you meet uh, your your fellow? Because your fellow's lovely. My fellow is lovely. Bless him. God love him. He. Where did I meet him? I met him when I was at uni. He wasn't at uni. I was at uni. Okay. He did not go to uni. No. All right. No. No. Did although, he although he is a lot brighter than I am. He has he, an air of a man that knows things. He does just know yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 You ask him, and it's really boring when he explains it. Me and the kids are all like, "Oh, because <laughs> he'll be like in 1901." <laughs> he, he knows about proper stuff. Yeah, like he's got good common sense. But uh, no, he was a rugby player uh, on the team that my flatmate was the sports therapist for. Ah, right. And she set us up, and yeah. I didn't. I was not taken with him. Really, to start with? No. no. <laughs> I was what? like, big old lummoxy man. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, yeah, because in your show, you told us your list. <laughs> yeah. I, I, wanted, I wanted a Ukrainian guy. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute heroes. I wanted heroes. Yeah. I want, Well, I just wanted, I guess to be fair, though, I mean, he looks a little bit Eastern European, but mm. I don't know what I wanted. But, I, yeah, I never thought I'd marry a skinhead english guy no that's what happened yeah but you're so well suited you obviously love each other very much he's so supportive as well oh he is yeah yeah no i know he's i'm very lucky so great um and it yeah this is the thing you've experienced the extremes of this industry like you've experienced like we've talked earlier putting on a show and no one comes to it and then success is like winning, you know, an award in Leicester and and then you get onto the live of the Apollo. But then you've experienced the other side of it, which was the which was the the awfulness of social media that you've just literally just gone through. And all you did yeah, was so do awful. a show. All you did was be on telly. And the I shit know. you got was incredible. And I now the last time so the last time I really spoke to you was when you you came and did the Beck Theatre. I didn't realise what you were going through. Nearly had nervous breakdown. Yeah, I didn't realise. <laughs> that was my first show and I just wanted to vomit. Mm. It was my first show after receiving my my online hate. Yeah. And I just wanted to be sick. And I was like, I can't talk about it before I go on stage, but I'll tell you after. And you and Kate were both like, she's being really weird. Mm, and then were. when I came off stage, I was like, okay. It really, it, yeah, it messed with my head. Mm. Really messed with my head. I was very stupid to look at comments. And I advise that nobody do the same or pay no. any heed. And it's weird when you come out the other side of it, because when you're in it, you feel like you'll never get out the other side of it. Yeah. And it's crazy as well, because whilst you do get a lot of hate, you get a lot of love and a lot of support. Oh, and really? I think the people that want to support you and enjoy you will make that known. Mm. So you don't need like, 
you don't need to go and and seek out the hate. I mean, it was so. I mean, with me, it was an accident that I I got sent a, a link directly to a list of comments. And oh, I really? On it. Yeah, by someone who who I'm not sure fully understood what they were doing. No, they obviously no, because that's the last thing you want to see. Well, they weren't a friend of mine or anything. It was out of the blue, and it was just <sighs> so being a tosser. You, then, yeah. So they were just like, "Can you just?" explain something they asked me a very weird question about my stand-up and I clicked on the link and just straight away I saw all these comments and what happens is which I didn't realize with Instagram they do Mm. everything in time order so all I'd seen was comments on Instagram and I'd seen some negative but it was dispersed between a lot of positives so I never I didn't really think about it but with um, things like Facebook they'll keep all the negative and then swallow up all the positive. So you don't really see the positive because Uh, what Facebook does is if they can keep the ones that are getting people to riled up and quite aggy, they'll keep those at the top as the most relevant. Oh, really? So anything where it's, yeah. So we're anything on Facebook where it's like, Oh, I enjoyed that. Or I like her that just gets swallowed up. So if you scroll down to the bottom of the comments, you'll see, Oh, you want to load more comments? You can see them, but uh, they're like, oh, we've sorted them into the most relevant. So anything where it says she's a stupid bitch, and then someone clicks like or says, yeah, she is, yeah, then that gets pushed to the top. So, so, and mine was a range of hate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't just have, and that's what I got sent a link to my Facebook, and I couldn't speak for about two days. Really? Yeah, I just functioned for about two days and then I thought oh, I'm going to go out for a run that will sort me out and I went and met up with my friend Michelle who luckily works in the industry mm. and she totally gets it because she's worked with so many comedians and she's worked with comedians who have had way worse than I've had so she yeah. was able to just go this person's been through this and this person's been through this and what you're experiencing isn't even a fucking scratch on the surface of what oh, so, really? you know people have had like people have had actual Facebook groups set up just to hate them fuck me that people have joined that what? I hate. Yeah, I hate. I'm not. I'm not going to mention the comedians, but I hate this no. comedian Facebook page. And you can join it, and you can just do nothing. You can just log on and just bitch about this person. Oh, me. Yeah. So she was like, "You've just had people mouthing off because they're annoyed that you're doing a smear test routine." Yeah. But people have had like actual Facebook groups of how much you know, and or like Sue Perkins who went through huge amounts of hate and then suddenly was. The sweetheart of mm. of the UK, so it's it's so fickle. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. Fickle, but it's just people, Mate. you know. But if you say anything, if you make a comment, I know I've done it. I've kicked off and I've said something on Twitter or something about a politician or somebody, and then you get banned for three days. Yet whole groups can be set up that are just based on hate. Yeah, that just yeah just blows my mind and. The, the fact that this whole thing thrives on conflict and that's yeah what yeah want. so instagram doesn't that's why instagram's nicer right. so i ra- i rang up my agent straight away and was like um this is this is really freaking me out and um because essentially what had happened was i'd given an experience well basically it was the first ever routine i'd ever written and uh it was when my girl was a baby and I'd gone for a smear test but in my sleep deprivation I'd sprayed myself actually with fake tan Mm. not even glitter and then my friend who had done something similar she'd sprayed with tinsel spray and then I wrote the joke and yeah and it had come from truth and it had come from you know a group of mums where two of us had done something similar and um 
And my friend actually didn't. She wasn't even a mum. She was just really into crafts. So she had this tinsel <laughs> spray to hand and, you know, sprayed the minge all glittery. And I'd fake t- I'd not just fake tan my minge, but I'd also fake tan my armpits as well. Oh, shit. Um, so I'd done full, like, deodorant spray. but um, And I'd gone straight out to meet my mates for dinner. And I was like, oh, my God, I've been for a smear test. And I've got this sprayed orange minge and armpits. And I stink of fake tan because I'm sweating it. And, oh, God, it was nightmare. Anyway, so I'd written this routine. And that was my first ever routine. And then I did it on Live at the Apollo. And I'd adapted it and elongated it and changed the kind of punchline of it and, and created it into a two-minute routine. And after I'd kind of had ag from men in audiences, I then created this male character who storms out. And so it became this two-and-a-half-minute actual mm routine and yeah there was there was a plethora of rage about it there was um fact that people felt that they'd heard about this scenario before yeah 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 so that made them feel that it was an old routine right and okay. i and when i went and researched it so i called up my agent and my agent was like i can't see i mean there's female community who've done smear test jokes but this is mm. a routine that's uniquely yours yeah, so i'm not yeah, sure yeah. you know so I, I dismissed that. Uh, people saying that they'd heard it before, but they'd heard it before. And when you were reading through the comments, it was they'd heard it before from a friend or their auntie had said that they'd done something similar or they'd read in a problem page that had done something similar. And I went and typed it into Google and there are thousands of women who have done this. Oh, really? Thousands. And yeah, there are thousands of women. And what was crazy is amongst... So the way Instagram is, is... I, you know, it's it's mixed. So whilst on Instagram, I was seeing comments where people would say, oh, this is an old story. It was surrounded by lots of other women going, oh, my God, I've done this. Or, oh, my God, Shirley, you've done this. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, you know, <clears throat> I remember me, Auntie Sandra doing something similar. So whilst you might have the odd stupid comment in the middle, but somebody who had a high profile on Instagram took to Facebook and said, oh, this is not, that's all they said. Oh, this is an old story. She's not saying anything new. And because this person had a large following on Facebook, people went fucking. Oh. And so they were like, so they were like, it's an old story. It's an old story. But what they don't realize is as they were saying, it's an old story is they were all just listing the different places they had heard it. And they were all different. Yeah. So the only thing you can take from that is not that it's an old story. It's that, Women are doing this a lot. It's a little bit like saying the man who had a finger up his ass during a prostate and got an erection. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We all could say, oh, yeah, that's old. But it doesn't mean it doesn't happen to a lot of men and it doesn't mean that it's yeah. not a unique story that a man has to tell. It just means that we know a lot of guys or we've heard of it happening to guys. That's all. But I, it really hit home to me. So there was that. There was that. And and me and my agent sat and went through it and she was going, it isn't what, what people are taking. And I chatted to Jen Brister about it because we did Apollo together and I chatted to my agent about it. And we all sat there and we were like, what we took from that is actually the fact that the female narrative is still so non-mainstream that even if a woman says something, because I've even had reviews where they've said, oh, she talks about motherhood, but Catherine Ryan's spoken about motherhood. Yeah. And you're like, how much does... You know, does does a woman have to say something that's so unique compared to her female peers? Whereas in why can't it just be my take on it? Yeah, and yeah, Catherine yeah. Ryan's is Catherine Ryan's take on it. Like, why is it that we're not allowed to ever cross over um, or even have parallel, you know, lines of thought when our experiences are going to be really similar? Yeah, yeah, And the yeah, fact yeah. that, 
you know, okay, so a woman stood on stage and did a smear test joke. Mine's yeah. different, you know, and mine's my own experience. The mm. other load of hate was <clears throat> was women who were very angry at a woman being on stage and men who were very angry at a woman being on stage. Really? And talking, still? And doing, doing a smear test routine, yeah. Really? Even in this day and age, you think there's still, there's still that issue? Yeah. So I had a lot of men just going, I mean, it was normally, you know, it was the normal, well, this just proves, and from women, to be fair, just saying, oh, well, this just proves that women aren't funny. Mm. Um, women aren't funny, women aren't funny, which I do find amazing that if someone doesn't find you funny, it's because they don't find Rich Wilson funny. Yeah, but if yeah, someone yeah. doesn't find me funny, then it means that all women aren't funny. And it's like, yeah. well, you might not find me funny, but I'm sure there's another woman that you do find funny. Um, yeah. That's true, actually. Yeah. So there was I that. Wow. And then just, we, yeah, you know, I had very angry, angry women who said that they hated the fact that women are feminists and they hated the fact that women might. I mean, it was it was insane. It was insane that just by me doing that smear test routine, it mm. caused a reaction of men who were angry that a woman was talking about a smear test in the same vein saying, how dare you say that men are these fuddy duddies who can't handle a woman talking about her private parts with women going you're pathetic because you can only make people laugh by talking about your private parts Fucking hell. um so and it was all, yeah it's all on facebook and facebook really thrives on that hate mm. and yeah it's weird because before apollo came out everyone said stay clear of facebook and i had i was like facebook surely it's twitter isn't it facebook right. and then they were like facebook's the worst it really, really thrives on the hate yeah shit man do you think it does so now, seem to be don't that read the comments ever. No, never, never. Because up until that moment, I was happy in my life. All I'd received was the comments that people have reached out and sent nice comments to me. Yeah. So I had I had no reason. And even when I did see the odd negative one on Instagram, it didn't matter because I had so many, I had so much love and, yeah. you know, nurses reaching out and saying, oh my God, this happens all the time. It's so funny. It's so funny to see that on TV. I can't tell, you know, and a cervical charity, cervical cancer charity got in touch oh, and was like, you know, can you be massive? And also it's so weird because you think, oh, what am I? going to get hateful you kind of preempt it mm. not in a million years did i think it would be my smear test routine no this, that was it when you were saying that you had so much <laughs> shit i'm like there's nothing offensive about you I don't know. Oh. well i could imagine people getting annoyed that i moan about my husband or yeah you know that i'm then... a bad mother and all the rest of it but for people to be so angry for a woman to tell a joke about a smear test because they all thought it was nick's material nick's a uh, nick's story well, I don't know from where though. No, well, like we, like you said, you've already looked into it, and and like we said, like that's not that's not an old joke. I've never seen anyone do that as material before. But like you say, it's a common story, clearly. But women do seem to get more shit online than than men. They just do, mm. like Jenny Ryan from the quiz. She's always posted about the shit she gets, and people keep tagging her into it, going, "Oh, have you seen this?" Like they, like they're trying to help. You know, like don't tag me in that. I've had it before. Someone messaged me and went. Years ago, we did a, we did a, I did it with me, Brett Goldstein, and Catherine Ryan, and then someone that was there messaged me and went, "Oh, that was a shit review, wasn't it?" And you're like, "Oh, don't, I didn't even know there was a review, so don't tell me." You know, it. I know they mean well, but I sometimes like, do I they don't want to well, see it. Well, I don't do know. Do they mean well? I hope, so. I hope well. No, I guess they don't that- if they're tagging you in the shit you're getting. Um, I, I don't know if they, I don't know if it's just complete oblivion. 
mm. or the assumption that you're going to be really thick skinned to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do think I, I think people don't really know. I think they just kind of lash out and I don't think they really see you as a person. No, no, not at um, all. But I definitely, I, I mean, why on earth somebody would go on, on TV and do something that they thought was like a, I don't know, like a, like somebody else's routine. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is that it was my experience. And I mean, it's a two and a half minute, you know, whole fucking yeah. routine. And it's my experience. And you can tell it's my experience. So I think that there's, and every woman that's written to me or every single, you know, little, little thing that I've, read about it it's all it's all different in different variations and god knows what so but it was it wasn't i don't think it was just to do with that it was mixed with such hate it was a lot of hate around well this is a this is a story that's that yeah. loads of people know but also i don't want to hear a woman talk about a smear test it, it's, uh, it's disgusting yeah. but men could just chat about prostate exams uh a lot of us will talk we will talk about our cock and balls all the time yeah. I mean, the knob gag is not exactly unique, but I think no. what's particularly what's particularly interesting is that I would, I mean, I've heard Jason Manford, Kevin Bishop, Michael McIntyre, Dara O'Brien all do routines around kids or medical checkups or domestic life, which have loads of different crossovers. Mm. But I've never once thought, well, that's the same as that because it's from their perspective. Yeah. and it's And it's their own take on it. And yeah. that's what makes it funny. And if it wasn't relatable, if it was totally unique to that person and not relatable, that's we wouldn't find it funny. We find it funny in recognising our own lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand up. So the things that I got, I mean, I got a lot of hate as well for slagging off dads during lockdown um, and not helping out in homeschooling. I had loads of women who wrote in support and um, got in touch with me and was like, oh my God, mm. thank you for saying that because that was that was really funny or oh my God, you hit the nail on the head. But I had a lot of men who were like, how fucking dare you? Mm. You know, men were trying to carry on working and blah, blah. So. Right. Mate, it's, it's, it does seem to be, it is still double standards. There are still. It is still. Just, do you think it's still? And you think it's still? There's, it's prob There's problems in the industry towards women. Does it? Yeah. This has come up before. We mentioned it briefly at the beginning, but it, it always used to be a bit of a boys' club. Do you think it's still, still elements of that? I don't necessarily think it's specific to the industry. I think that we live in a society which still doesn't acknowledge the fact that there are different standards mm. and that just that is i mean it's changing fine but it's not solved it's not sorted and there are still massive challenges that women face yeah um the fact that when i get on a stage i do not look like the archetypal image of what a comedian is so that as soon as you step on a stage you're having to you're having to um, get the audience on side. You're having to win them over. Which, if I was uh, a bloke with a, I don't know, a, a northern accent, I wouldn't necessarily have to have to overcome because yeah. that would be more of an archetypal image of what a comedian is. So yeah. there's that. 
and there is the double standards of like what the the standards are so low and when I did that routine on the Apollo I was like you forget how low and I said that on stage you forget how low the bar is for women that all I have to say is I went for a smear test and a man will stand up and march out yeah that's true that's true and it is incredible that I will be referred to as a comedian who is dirty or foul-mouthed. Mm. And I swear, but I don't really talk about sex. In fact, no. I don't have any material on sex, but I have been told that I'm a smutty comedian and I don't have any material on sex. Fucking but hell. because I swear. So it's things like that where it's like, it really is a low bar for us to shock. If we mention pubic hair, vaginas, period, uh, any kind of sexual reference, you're straight away this disgusting scuzz. Yeah. Whereas then with a bloke, he can say it flippantly and it don't really matter. No. I've seen older uh, female comedians talk about, you know, talking about the, you know, getting the, when they go through the change and, you know, uh, what's that called? Menopause. Menopause, sorry. Yeah, I forgot the word. Um, such I a thought bloke. you were saying it in a really Victorian way. When <laughs> They go through the change. Um... <laughs> they go through the uh... <laughs> experience. In the twilight of their years. <laughs> but that's it. That even I've seen comedians talking about the menopause, talking about starting the menopause, going, getting the menopause, having hormone replacement treatment. And you can see a lot of the audience kind of going, oh, I don't really want to see yeah. their arms get folded and they're like, you know, it's a thing yeah. that is going to happen to everyone. But even so, though, even if it's not a thing, we, it, it's just accept, just accept that the male, what the male experience has been the mainstream narrative for so long that it doesn't mm. shock us. Like Jack D does a brilliant routine about going for a prostate check. Yeah. It is brilliant. It is funny. It is slick, but it still involves a man sticking his finger up Jack D's arsehole. Mm. Why is that not shocking? Yeah. But me saying that I accidentally sprayed my minge with a bit of glitter, um, although in reality it was fake term, but me spraying my minge, why is that? that? I mean, I don't even have to say that. I can say smear test and you just yeah. feel like this, oh, here we go. There's a woman and doing her yeah. thing. Yeah, but on the plus side, I mean, it did affect me. I won't lie, it did affect me. I completely crumbled and huge thanks to the comedians that were ever so supportive, yourself included, Jen Brister, Shappy Corsandi and my agent and my family and everything. And everyone was just like, we know you. I mean, uh, (laughs) one of my friends, my friend who was actually the other co-author of that joke because she was the one that actually did it she was just like tag me in and i'll tell everyone i was like god no and it's it's but you get over it and Mm. it's like okay it's just people venting for a couple of days let them have their vent and i think it came from so many things from so many different areas but on the other side and i think it's really important to remember you know that you could say to yourself right i'm gonna not say the things that i want to say for fear of being um persecuted that's a bit of a strong word, isn't it? Yeah. The fear of being, I don't know. Yeah, but you were though. Trolled, you were, whatever. yeah, but you were persecuted. It was people, like you've said, people were using it to just vent their own, they're unhappy in their own lives and they just saw it, something clicked with you and they were like, right, I'm going to just, subconsciously they just went, right, I'm just going to give it to this to yeah. this woman because she said a story that I vaguely know. Yeah. And, and it happens all I don't the time. Th- I don't even think half of them knew it. I think a lot of people had... I think it was because somebody with a lot of following and a lot of backing had said 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs, but no. I feel like it was once somebody jumps on a bandwagon, it's really easy to follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, whilst I, whilst a lot of women contacted me about doing, you know, a similar thing, and whilst I know of women who have done similar things, um, I don't think it's that bizarre of a of a story to write a joke about and I don't feel like it's something that you know I've done that joke for years years and years and years mm, yeah. and I've had many a woman come up to me after a gig and go I've done something similar but I've never ever 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 had someone come up and gone oh, it's an old Christmas cracker routine like what yeah, are you doing yeah, and yeah. it isn't people know of people that have done it but yeah. it's not a routine. You can't sit no. there and go, oh, Victoria Wood did that or so-and-so did that. So yeah. it's it's not. It's just an experience. But we're, it just proves that we're just really not used to the to the female experience being no. mainstream. And like you say, it's funny. When you think back, I remember doing this, thinking about who the great, you know, the, the greats of comedy have been. And it's all men. It's all they took. You know, they, Victoria Wood gets a mention. Um Joyce Renfield. Yeah, and then there's, yeah, or Hattie Jakes and people like that. But, but Hattie Jakes wasn't a stand up, was she? No. She was a comedy no, actress. She was a comedy actress, yeah. But, yeah, brilliant but, comedy actress, yeah. Which, yeah. But they go back and you're like, yeah, it was all men. It was all yeah. men. You know, it was, yeah, yeah. And, it, and, it's, and I get, going back as well, mentioning feminism, I get it. Because there are, like everything, there'll be some people that will use a thing just to, just to use it as an excuse to be a prick. Like I know some people that when you look at their output online, it's like this is just man hating. You're just man hating. That's not feminism. That's not equality. You're just like all men are shit. All men should just die. This should just be a planet full of women. Blah blah blah. So I get it. There's some men that will see that and go, oh well, feminism's a load of old shit. Then it's just women hating men. Yeah. But that's not the case. Obviously, that's not the case at all. Um. It's not the case because obviously I've got too many men in my life that I love, but mm. um, also that's not the, that it's, it's allow a woman to mock and be able to laugh yeah. at the clear differences allowed between men and women. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you turn up at my house and my kids are badly dressed and my house is a shithole and there is no food in the cupboards, people are not looking at my husband going, he's really let the side down. No, They're looking at me. True. And if that pressure is going to be put on me, then let me make a joke about it. Yeah. Just let me joke about it. You know, and the, the routine which you saw when I put into my show is that the whole thing of, of trying to douse your minge up for a smear test is because women are so terrified of looking like they've got human bodies. Blokes yeah. are not doing it before a prostate. No bloke is spraying his arsehole with glitter before he goes for a prostate because he's terrified that, no. oh, I won't look sexy to the doctor. <laughs> but the whole reason why so many women are trimming themselves down there and giving it a spray and God knows what is because we're like, oh, God forbid that we look just not, you know, human for a minute. Yeah. So there are certain injustices and you've got to be able to laugh at it. You've got to. And yeah. you and you know what, even if people want to get really angry at me um for doing it, that's fine because it means that it's it's just that it's just chipping towards change. You know, if women yes. just keep on just getting up and talking about their narrative and talking about their narrative, eventually it will just become the norm and it will be accepted. So you just got to keep chipping away at it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a woman write a whole thing to me going, oh, I bet you're the type of woman that hates to be called love. And I'm like, no. 
No. <laughs> don't care about that. There's other things to worry about. <laughs> don't care about that at all. Because right, there's some, there's sometimes I do that. I'll, I'll, I'll bump into someone, or, I'll, or you know, I'll. I'll, and I'll, or I'll just open the door for someone and, and I'm like, oh, that's all right, darling. It just comes out. I say you, it. Yeah, and you forget. That does not bother me at no. all. At all. I call men. I, 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 I even thought it the other day because I was at the outside the school and I'm talking to one of the dads and I was just like, all right, cheers, babe. And off I walked. And I did think for a second, I was like, I hope that doesn't come across as like flirty or whatever. But I mean, it's just your vernacular. That does not bother me at all. I think people know the difference between being genuine and being kind. And I think most people, I think I'm going to see the best in people, but I reckon 98% of those people who wrote hate online would not sit in a conversation over a cup of tea and say that to my face. No. I genuinely think that 98% of those people do not genuinely feel that way deep down, but they there is an anger and a frustration and a bitterness that for some reason, online is easy. It's yeah. just easy. And if that helps them, fine. But I certainly am not looking at comments in the future and I'm very no. proud of everything I've done. <laughs> so I'm not going to let them knock that. I'm really um, pleased that you're, you've said that and you do look and sound like you're in a better place. Because when I last saw you, when we were in, when we, we after Christmas, when we got it was the train, horrible. yeah, you were a fucking mess. Um, oh, I didn't realise any, any. Well, it's not yeah. just that. You don't want people to think you're this kind of charlatan. And I know, yeah. I mean, like, like I'd kind of scurried around comedy clubs nicking other people's yeah. stories and things and you're like no this was the first ever joke I ever wrote it was the yeah. first ever story I said out loud on stage and it was because I was a young mum when I started I mean my my kids were babies and it had happened when my, my daughter was little and it was a very fresh experience and it was funny and my mates had experienced similar things so it was just a funny story yeah. and I remember doing a stand up course and they said okay just tell us a story about something funny that happened to you recently and that was the first ever story I said so it's always been one that really marked the kind of like bedragglement of what it means to be a, a mum and a woman and it was funny and um and, you know, and I've changed it and adapted it and it became then like, this is my NHS, thank you. And, you know, with the guy storming off. So it became a real lovely routine for me to tell. And, I, and, I, and I'm and i very proud of it. But I was very proud of everything that I did on the Apollo. It was awesome. And yeah. to a point where everyone who wrote something negative, well, then it's kind of done the job it was meant to do. Yeah, if that, yeah, yeah. If it winds them up, then yep. that kind of proves the point, really. Well, like you say, that's how you make change. You don't make change by keeping things as they are. And I'm not out to make change, but I'm out to have a rant. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of my comedy. <laughs> my comedy's a rant. It pisses me off. It pisses me off that every time my husband looks after the children, it's called babysitting. And yeah. isn't he brilliant? Isn't he amazing? Because he looks after his kids. And everything <laughs> I do for my children is just, well, that's what you should do. That's You're a mum. That's what you do. Did you have a... Yeah, go on. And, you know, it, it it's that annoys me. It annoys me even when I'm working. It annoys me even when I'm working with you, Rich, and you walk out on stage and straight away you see the audience go, yeah, that's what a comedian looks like. Yeah. And you walk, and then I walk out and it's like, all right, we'll see what she's got. And you're like, oh, fuck it. And it's from the women as well. Yeah. It's because I mean, I'm rich. Of- I'm rich fucking Wilson. That's why they do that. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of women, though, that walk up to you after a gig and go, I don't normally find women funny. Oh, I mean, uh, what, yeah. What hope have we got? What hope have we got? What, 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 I mean, I know. So we 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 are moving on. We are making changes. <laughs> I mean, not this not this conversation. I mean, in in life, <laughs> in life, in life. It's like we are making these changes. So there is still a generation of people that still exist that 
still had that those old values, those old ways where the woman was at home, the man went out to work. So there's still a few people that are still doing that. Although that wasn't the case with my mum. My mum went out to work from a very when we were very young. So it's I, changing. It is changing. But we're getting yeah. But you know perception of perception of comedy and comedy is really specific. When mm. we think of comedy, we think of a man, and when we think of somebody who's mocking domestic life, we think of the woman being this kind of long suffering. You know, you think of Mickey Flanagan's wife, you think of Jason Manford's wife, you think of these women who are being talked about on stage, Michael McIntyre, who will happily sit in the audience and chuckle along at their funny husband who's not very organised, not very on top of it, a little bit scatty, doesn't really get, you know, how to organise piss up in a brewery. Oh, my Mm. God, aren't these boys funny? But when we reverse it and a woman stands up on stage and goes, it does my fucking head in that Mm. he doesn't wipe the surfaces. Um it's nagging it's moaning it's, it's seen as nagging yeah 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 like you said and when also, you're like all the crumbs everywhere and 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 your husband's like what crumbs can't what are you on about i can't see him i can't <laughs> see the crumbs. but also you got to remember with that particular apollo as well it's the first time ever that they've had two women back to back who are both talking motherhood and oh really Jen. yeah oh i didn't really i didn't notice that so it was the Shit, first time yeah. they had jen followed by me and we're both two very angry like our, our persona on stage is very angry and just ranting about kids and yeah. then i ranted about kids and my husband so it was like it was a you know it was a lot it was a it was a, it was a lot it was a lot but <laughs> the perfect the perfect amount i reckon <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though it's it's those are your experiences and that's what you're talking about and you know yeah you're both mothers so you're going to talk about that can't so really dismiss you know, it. Yeah, but they just but like you say, it's there is still that double standard of yeah, like like you've I think I've heard you say before, when a man turns up somewhere, no one goes, Oh, where are the kids? It's just assumed that they're obviously with their mum, so you know. Well we were debuting at the same time and I think we got reviewed by the same reviewer, and yet I was referred to as the middle-aged comic, whereas in you were not referred to as no, because your age that. doesn't matter. Because no, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're funny and a guy, whereas in look at this woman who isn't, you know, twelve and has had kids and is married. What is she doing out of her house? It's these things that I don't yeah. think people are even aware of. They're not aware of it. People say it, and I don't feel that they're aware of it. They're not that when people say sorry, but I just don't find women that funny. It's like fine, but think about how you've been conditioned yes. to find certain things funny and certain things repulsive. Yeah. And that's what conditioning is. And I understand it. I don't blame anyone. I have no anger towards any of the people that said any of those things because they've been conditioned that way. Yeah. And some of them may genuinely just not find me funny. And that is absolutely fine. That's fine. But I to, yeah. But I did not stand on stage and say anything that was hurtful or cruel. And if I did, I would take that anger. But you can't just vent at me because you've been conditioned that it's okay. No, no. Like that that says more about you than it does me. Yeah. And you, like I say, it tends to happen more to women. I've had a couple of comments and then I've... And I'll just shoot back and, and make some comment about them. Or what I say is oh, I that... I never get involved. Well, I just say I'm not getting involved with someone that hasn't even got their own face as their avatar. So... Oh, yeah, this, this is that. This is, well. the only time I'm gonna, this is the only time I'm going to talk to you. 
Yeah. Until you have the and balls to have your own I didn't face. Even, I didn't even spot half of it. It wasn't no. until my agent went through most of it. And she said, you know, somebody has who remains nameless but this person with a lot of followers mm. who's blue tick verified and a big influencer has decided to gun for you and all her followers have have jumped on on board and i mm. don't really think a lot of them really fully even get what they're having a rant about they're trying to they're impress having, the person they're, that they're having following. a good time yeah and to be fair i didn't even clock most of it and it's no. all as far as i'm concerned so you can you know i'm not no, I'm not going to look. Why would I? That's the best. That's the best way. Don't look. And if you do put anything up, if you make and to quote, it was Joe Rogan. I first saw do this years and years ago, and he just said, "You just tweet and then you just drop your phone. Don't even look at it. Don't even see the no. reaction for what you've tweeted. Just leave it." And that's that's you know. I mean, now there's massive controversy surrounding Joe Rogan, but at the time it was. I, I was like, that's quite a, an interesting thing. Post your thing well, it's, and then it's walk away. It, we've we've been conditioned like Pav Pavlovian dogs. Is that right? Pavlovian, yeah. I'm thinking of the dessert Pavlov. What Pavlovas? <laughs> a Pavlovian response was when you uh... a Pavlovian response, and we've been con- we've been conditioned into these Pavlovian responses where we go, we post something, and then we get like, 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 and so it's made us go. Oh, we feel better. Oh, we feel better. Oh, we feel better. Right now, I'm going to post the next thing. Like, 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 like. So we've, we've conditioned ourselves that our validation comes from these constant likes and, and retweets yeah. or whatever, um, which also puts a lot of power in the people that then want to send you hate. But then a lot of people thrive on that. A lot of people thrive on the hate. Um, yeah. And I think it's not actually real. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. Hang on. Producer Paul's put up. Pavlovian, Pavlovian conditioning, also called classical conditioning, a type of conditioned learning which occurs because of the subject's instinctive responses, as opposed to operant conditioning, which is, a, which is contingent on the willful actions of the subject. There you go. And now he's put Pavlovia, Pav, Pavlova cake. Pavlova is a meringue-based dessert named after oh, the Russian ballerina Anna Pavlova. Love a Pavlova. It's a little bit like... I love it's a lovely Pavlova, picture on it as well, isn't it, that Pavlova? Yes, a picture. We have to send that. Yeah, we have to show it's it, because like, um, Esther can't see this. It's like a, um eaten mess, isn't it? Well, isn't it this... Meringue-y? Yeah, but this one, this will send you the picture. It's got it's got kiwi on it, strawberry. It's like a proper yeah. cake, but meringue and all that yeah. shit. Wow, oh, I love mate. meringue. Love meringue. But I yeah, you're right. It. We are conditioned. We are... We, we're addicted to the likes, aren't we? Like you say, you want the... Yeah, affirmation, which is again why we do what we do comedically, why we go on stage, is yeah. to get people to like us. Yeah. You know, and that's why we tweet stuff. That's why we put stuff. So I put photos up on Instagram because more people go, oh, that's nice. And you get that yeah. dopamine hit. But there are some people that do, they do thrive on the conflicts and they inspire the conflict. They love, they'll spend days online just battling with people. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I f- there's just better things to do with your time. Yeah, and then I think sometimes people want to kind of only show this positive side, and I, mm. that's that's what I've struggled with the most because obviously our social media is also our job, so you don't really want to go and go, oh, this is this is a bit crap. Yeah, um, because our job is kind of supposed to. I mean, I've posted times when I've had a bad gig or when something negative has happened, and then I've been, you know 
comedian friends are like, don't, come on, you're, you're making yourself look like you're not as good as you are. And you're like, oh, what? Uh, and you forget that it's not just this personal thing, it's a work thing. Yeah. And so now I just treat it as a work thing. But I try and I try and be as open as transparent. I mean, you know me, I'm very open and transparent. And I try and be kind of um, honest about, you know, the reality of, of what the situation is. And that's why I'm, you know, I'll talk openly in my show. I talk openly on stage. I talk openly in any podcast. I do my own podcast, yeah. very open about the experiences that I have. And I've just left social media now to just post about gigs, yeah, clips of gigs and the work that I'm doing. And as a, and I just think of it now as like a little mood board of, um, here's a kind of mood board of my work. And, you know, he's the the kind of best clips of it. I ended up getting hacked on Instagram, so I got to restart it anyway. So. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. But it sounds like you've probably after my after my. Oh no, I didn't get trolled. I didn't get trolled on Instagram. It wasn't on me anyway. It was on no. the BBC pages. Oh, uh, right. But it sounds like you've you've taken it all, you've worked it all out, and you do you sound stronger for it. You do sound better for it, whereas I've seen you well, before. Biggest, and you've just, you know. My biggest fear wasn't even it wasn't even all the hate. My biggest fear is that people thought I'd gone and kind of I don't know where they thought I'd. Yeah. I don't know whether they I don't know whether they thought I went like I mean because nobody said another comedian did it, so it was weird. It was like, oh, this is not. And I was just trying to think of like what's what's a really common old story that I'd taken like a I don't know. Like yeah. a Christmas cracker joke, I guess, or like knock knock, who's there? Doctor, Doctor Who, like a, a yeah. situation like that, and God, oh, I'll just do that on stage, and yeah. it's like, no, it's this is my, <laughs> this is my experience, and it's the experience of a lot of women. Um, yeah. So let's make it funny and do it on stage. Um, yeah, so it's well, it's funny. It's I think it's funny. I think it's brilliant, and I think you're brilliant, and Thank I'm really you. glad that we got a chance to talk about it on here. Uh, yes, because you're. I think you're. Can I talk I about think, it in my show. Yeah, I think you're. Well, that's it. When I saw, when I saw, it the, takes power of it. It takes yes. power of it. Takes and that's control what I, of it. I was really pleased to see that you you owned it and gone like actually because when we first talked about it back in January, you were kind of. Like, I was oh, like, God, I'm never going to say I'm anything. Gonna do, yeah, I'm just going to just quit comedy. I'm not going to do this anymore. And to see you, <laughs> and to see you on stage going, turning it into what you've turned it into. And kind of going, oh, fuck you. I'm actually, you know, I didn't nick it. It's not from anywhere. It's an actual thing that happened to me. You're the pricks for being so fucking horrible. Maybe sort your lives out. Without, you don't need to be so fucking horrible to people, you know, yeah. for no reason. Yeah. That was that was what I took from that. I, I wouldn't it. even know where I wouldn't even know where you'd nick it from because it's just his. Well, it's just. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'd never, I mean, apart from me and my mate, I, I hadn't actually, and people, women coming up to me after gigs, but before comedy, I'd never knew anyone else had done it. No, I'd never heard so, of it before until I heard you doing it. So, I, I mean, I don't know, but even if I had, like, even if someone had come up to me and gone, oh, I did this funny thing, you were like, oh, cool, I'll talk about that on stage. It's like, well, that's kind of how comedy develops. Yeah. People, people take real experiences and things that they talk about with people and they turn them into funny stories so it's not yeah. really everything we yeah. do we've taken from somewhere either it's happened yeah. to us or it's happened to a mate or it's we, we, we're always picking stuff from everywhere you know what yeah. we don't do is go oh that's a good joke i'm gonna do i'm gonna take that for myself and do it as mine no, unless you're, no, unless you're an old thing. school prick <laughs> well that's the thing unless you go and sit and write down someone else's routine and go i'm gonna do that word for word yeah and Which no is... one will ever know. <laughs> um, 
I mean, you'd have to be pretty fucking ballsy to go. Right, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and take a, a legendary old routine from I don't know Victoria Wood. I'm gonna do it on live the Apollo where no one will ever see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's mental. Imagine the balls on that to do that. But that's oh, the thing God. is that nobody even said that. No, nobody even said that. It was literally just people going. It, honestly, I, I when I talk about it in my show, that is word for word truth. The people going, my auntie said she did this. Actually, my auntie said that she wiped some glittery stuff on her minge once. So who's telling the truth, you or her? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know your auntie. No. It, I mean, the likelihood is that we've both done something similar. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or the person who was like, I read about it in Cosmo magazine. That was another one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, well, like yeah, go on. That his mate is oh my mate wrote had read that in FHM that is somebody's girlfriend had done it. It's like yeah, well clearly we're all doing it because we're all stupid <laughs> bitches trying to make our fucking minges look as fuckable as possible for a bloody smear test because we've been so conditioned to our bodies. That's the reality. Um, it's mental that you're talking about it like. It's this yeah. kind of like like all of us have just got this one story that we've all fabricated because women haven't got a life. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it just goes to show, like you said, that's the thing that women have to deal with all the time. I, I, I know men that will barely wash themselves when they're having when they're gonna have sex with a partner or when they're gonna go to the oh, doctor. You're like, have a wash. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, well, I know many, many a woman has told me that she's had to tell a man to go and wash before sex. Which is insane. You go, I'm not being funny, mate, but you must smell it. <laughs> so what do you think's what do you think is gonna happen? I'm so, I know this is taking a turn, but I am so if I smell someone, if I smell BO on public transport, I immediately assume it's me. If yeah. there's a weird smell, I just assume it's me, because I'm a bit paranoid. But whenever whenever I've been lucky enough to lay down with a lady and you know, I always make sure I'm clean. What's wrong with you? I've even made it clean just in case. I don't know. <laughs> but that's but that's the amazing thing about it. That's the amazing thing about it is that yeah. with so many. I mean, like I say, you know, even in childbirth, I'm like, oh god, I'm going into labour. Better give everything a quick trim down there. God forbid. What? Yeah. This is a. Do you know what? It's. I did that, that in my yeah. show. I remember the mother of my children when when she was giving birth to my eldest, and we were all there, all stood around. And it's all happening, and she's going. Oh, and she went, I'm so embarrassed. And like, but this is the most natural thing that anyone could be doing. I know. The last thing anyone's going like, fucking state of that, Jesus Christ. I know. I know. But that's how we've been conditioned that if yeah. we're not looking as attractive as possible at all times, which is why it's a common story. Yeah. Honestly, which I cannot. When. When I sat down and went back through it with Holly, my, my long-suffering, lovely, lovely, lovely agent, but when we sat and went back through it, she was just like, but this is just loads of people saying about all the different times somebody's yeah, done it that they, that they it. know. Yeah. And she was like, unless somebody says another comedian's written this exact same routine, what, what are they expecting a response to? Yeah, Stop yeah, reading yeah. it, ignore them, they're mad, and let's <laughs> use it for material for your show, which exactly. I've done. Exactly. Well done. And I'm glad to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we did this. Thanks, Esther, for coming on. No. Where can we well, find hope, you? Hope, can we uh, can we find you online? I hope it makes <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. If you'd like to if you'd like to send me some really violent hate about how uh I do I do a routine about my husband doesn't wipe the surfaces. Now, I've got a feeling there may be other women out there that have had similar gripes. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean that I went and stole that from Mrs. Gibbons down the road. <laughs> <Gibbons>. um, <laughs> 
you can find me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. But I honestly, I really hope that um, any female, you know, starting out comics who are listening to this and I think who will have had negative comments about how oh it's been done before mm. or or oh it's not nice when a woman talks about that or when they get shit from men in the audience, just keep on. Yeah, that's all yeah. you got to do. Just keep on. You'll find your audience. You're going to find the people who get you. And we've got to make our lives mainstream. We've got to make them mainstream because at the moment they're still not considered part of the mainstream narrative and therefore weird and abhorrent. And yeah, that's yeah, where, yeah. That's where it's it's becoming a problem. Brilliant. And I, I, it's funny we mentioned that. I remember Ricky Grover saying to me, he goes, Look, there's only so many things you can all talk about. He goes, <clears throat> so it's just your version. People want to hear your version, you know? So, yeah. so don't worry about it. You're going you're gonna to talk about things that other people have talked about. So like you've just said, don't worry about it. But you're right. There needs to be more. There needs to be more. There needs to be more women brought to the, brought to the forefront of comedy to... Like you say, to change the narrative and make it not such a sausage fest. And with that in mind, <laughs> lads, have a wash. <laughs> oh my God, wash. Just but then also wet women stop freaking out before. I will never ever spray anything there now. It's like, look, that's yeah. just what it is. I keep just myself go. clean. Yeah. Just go. Um, and I've stopped with all the nonsense. Yeah. Uh, my husband's delighted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's more important that you get your smear test than what it looks like. That's something else. I do realise that there's a lot of talk of that, that women aren't getting their smear tests, and they should. I know it's intrusive, well, yeah. it's not very nice. No, it's But the not, alternative it's, is even it's worse. really important, mm. and that's why I was really pleased to that that got a positive response in the amount of women who literally watched it and just went, oh, I need to put my smear. And I was like, fine, that's great. I mean, that Brilliant. wasn't what I set out to do, but that's obviously got to be yeah. a positive side to it. Um, but yeah, please do go and catch up with my Apollo. I do a lot of ranting. I mean, the smear is just one bit of it, but there's a lot of ranting. So go and catch up with that and then give me a follow if you like it. Bloody right, mate. And you've got a podcast as well. Ghastly women. (laughs) Slag off women. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Esther. Talk about the horrible things that women do. (laughs) Women are lovely though. They're all queens and princesses. They don't do anything wrong. (laughs) You've no, been great. About, there you go. Some depraved women. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, what's it called? Ghastly women. Ghastly women. Yeah. I'll check it out. Esther, thanks for coming on. This has been lovely. Oh, thanks for having me. That's uh, been great. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Jim. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.